Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. He's Levin Black. Happy Thursday, Levin. Yes, almost the weekend. Oh, wait. I have worked this weekend. Sucks to be you, as I have said on many, many a program. <laughs> uh, please, before we get started, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple Pods. It really, really helps. If you want to see the show climb the charts like we do, leave a rating and a review. It massively, massively helps us. And, of course, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. On today's show, we're going to get into some comments made by Lewis Riddick to Rich Eisen and where he may have heard certain things that he has heard. Um, we're going to talk about the rest disparity that exists with the 49ers schedule. Levin is not a big uh, believer that it matters that much, so he and I may disagree there. But let's start with the Lewis Riddick stuff, Levin. Uh, if you didn't see it, Lewis Riddick went on the Rich Eisen show this week and said, among other things, quote, I had someone who I trust implicitly when it comes to quarterback play tell me that they like Sam Darnold, that they're like, just trust me on this one, that they really believe apparently, and this is me now, not Riddick, that Darnold is in the perfect place with the perfect coaches and the perfect teammates and blah, 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 blah. And I, the thing I cannot get over, Levin, is how frequently we are hearing this from different people. Is it just one dude that's telling everybody or does like everyone in the 49ers just love Sam Darnold? Your guess is as good as mine on that. Somebody in the 49ers building really loves him. How high up, how important of a role that person, how much say they have, and who gets to start if Brock Purdy's not ready, we don't know. As far as this goes, this is the part that drives me insane with this. What what have we had to know this? You're telling me from him just being around in the building, you know this? Like, OTAs are just starting. So, so what has changed from the evaluation that we all had last year 
to now? Like, how has Darnold changed anybody's mind with what they've been able to do? He couldn't have. That's my point. So all we're basing this off of is the fact that, oh, Darnold has this physical ability that's good, and now he's coached by maybe the best person possible for him. Okay. The whole problem is, is when the pressure's on, he sh** the bed. That's not going to change, or at least you're not going to know if that changes until games start. So that's what drives me nuts. It's like everybody has known that physically Sam Darnold is about as much as you could hope for in the, in that regard for a quarterback. You know, he can throw every single throw there is, and he's somewhat athletic. He's able to escape the pocket and scramble if he needs to. The whole problem is, is when the chips are down and the pressure's coming, as he put it, he sees ghosts. So that we don't know will change until games are played. And at this point, he's had enough games that betting on that to change is a fool's bet. Maybe it pays off, but it, you know it's a one, one in a million turnaround. To me, the better bet, no matter what, is Trey Lance. If Brock Pur- Purdy is not healthy, you go with the guy who hasn't proven to be crap. That's my whole problem with this. Like you, you, you don't go to Darnold when his whole issue is in the games. You know, yeah, Darnold can shine in practice because you're not actually going to get hit in a practice. So it just it doesn't make sense to me how how the how has the narrative been able to change? They haven't had OTAs yet. They haven't had training camp yet. There's been nothing, no chance for Darnold to change the narrative. So whatever you're hearing now is whatever people thought before he even signed with San Francisco. Which is why it was so weird to hear Mayoko say he's the best thrower of the football the Niners have ever had. It's like, have you even seen this guy throw in person? Like, you saw him play the Panthers. Okay, but, like, are you basing it on that? Have you done a bunch of Sam Darnold film study? That's why it it was a really weird, everything about this is weird. And you're right. Like, we haven't, there hasn't been the opportunity for anyone to change the narrative because they're just now, I mean, OTAs officially begin on Monday. So that's when we'll get the start of this, right? The, the start of this process, however long it's going to be, however it ends up going begins on Monday, which is why I'm so excited because I can't wait to actually have something to go off of. Like you were saying, we'll have a little something. It, it won't be much. Cause I think the media is only allowed to go to one. But it's better than nothing. It's better than analyzing Trey Lance throws on his Instagram account. (laughs) It's it's the weeks of dead period where people have to fill. And this is the week where you get to make up BS and people will run with it. You know, I I saw (laughs) stuff earlier today that Anthony Richardson, the, the rookie with the Colts, has really surprised the Colts with his pocket awareness. You were able to judge pocket awareness from a rookie minicamp? complete bullshit you can't judge yeah. pocket like pocket awareness i think is the hardest thing for a quarterback to be able to truly judge in practice in my opinion because there's no actual pressure you know you're not going to get hit you know we, we saw reports that trey lance would frustrate the defense in his first year because he knew that he can't be tackled so he would just hold the ball and hold the ball <laughs> and hold the ball until finally he was able to get a big play and then he would talk right. smack after and that After, rubbed like, some of them seconds. the wrong way. Like that, that's been made public. So pocket awareness, you can't judge in practice. And yet that was a big story today. Same thing with this Darnold stuff. There's been nothing to be able to actually say anything with actual substance. 
It's all just BS at this point. It's whatever narrative somebody has a bias towards that wants to push. Right. Like, and, and you pointed out the Richardson thing. I saw another story about how there was a meeting or a practice or something and people left garbage on the floor and Richardson yeah. stayed and refused to leave until he had picked up all the garbage because well, I mean, that, that doesn't like, have maybe a lot of weight, that's, but maybe it, that's true, but who cares? Like it doesn't right. translate. It doesn't, it mean doesn't translate, but at least that's something that actually happened. Right. You know that, yeah, you can, you know, you can judge how good of a person somebody is once they're in the building. You know, you're seeing the superficial and you're getting biased takes when you're doing draft prep. Because, of course, his current coach is going to from college is going to be like, oh, yeah, he's a great person. You know, you won't believe, you know, how good of a person this. You know, he works hard. You know, I'm sure quarterbacks who never watched film, their coach was like, oh, yeah, they really study film when they're going to the draft because they're not going to, you know, a player getting drafted highly helps that college coach recruit. So they're going right. to do nothing to hurt the uh, prospects draft stock but once they're in the building i think you can at least get some judge of their character but there are certain things you're not gonna be able to judge you can judge their accuracy as a thrower decently from practice because if they're missing throws act just from an accuracy standpoint then you got some major problems if they're doing that in practice but pocket well, awareness that's lance issue yeah well yeah lance is i i i'm gonna always probably compare this to kaepernick because i think he was as stark of, of an example of this as you're going to get as strong of one in that he could make a crazy wild throw that almost nobody else on the planet can make. And then a 10 yard out, he misses by five yards. His accuracy was really hit or miss. It's another crazy wild throw. It's just, wow. I can't believe he missed that. Right. It's just two different uh, ends of the spectrum. He's not a natural thrower of the football, but you don't have to be a natural thrower of the football to succeed. It doesn't always have to look pretty and, and spiral and all that stuff. I mean, Joe Montana had a well below average from right. everything that you go into wanting a quarterback to have physically. But I do think you're right in that it is narrative season. The narratives begin to pop up. You'll see where teams, what messages and narratives they want out there, which is why this Sam Darnold stuff continues to pop up. And it just, to me, it's all, like I said, after Mayoko did his thing, it's all just trying to grease the skids and prepare people for Sam Darnold to start. I really do think that's what it is. Why is, and I said this to Grant yesterday, why are we not getting any leaks in favor of Trey Lance? Why aren't there any national people saying, Trey Lance looks really, really good. Hey, the Niners really love Trey Lance. You know, they they really want, they don't understand why people are skipping over Trey Lance to talk about Sam Darnold. There's none of that out there. There is nobody in the 49ers organization caping for Trey Lance except Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and they have an incentive to do that because I think they want to trade him. We don't know yet. Somebody really likes Sam Darnold in that building. We have not seen the leaks come for Trey Lance in that regard, like you said. Right. But we have seen Kyle Shanahan say that he looks the best he's ever looked as a 49er. So that came directly from Kyle Shanahan. Right. But if you're trying to boost someone's trade value, right. isn't right. that similar yeah. to he's in the best shape of his life, which is what we always hear this time of and year. There's a right? slight difference there. Looks it, the best slight. and shape. I mean, what shape you're in as a quarterback doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, but it's, I mean, come on. It's really similar. It's similar. Right? It's, well, I'm not saying that Kyle Shanahan is like, oh, yeah, they love him now. But at least the positive thing came from Kyle Shanahan. 
We're not seeing there's somebody behind the curtain pulling strings in favor of Trey Lance. And the weirdest part of this, and I know you've touched on it a little bit with uh, Grant Cohn, we know it's not coming from Sam Darnold's agent because Sam Darnold's agent is Trey Lance's agent. He's not going to push positive things for Sam Darnold, but then not push positive things for Trey Lance. If both of them were having positive things coming, I would say that would be a big red flag that, oh, this is the agent just pushing it. But the fact Mm -hmm. that there's only one side, it's not the agent, it's somebody in the building. And agents have a tremendous, tremendous amount of power. I don't know if you saw... 90% of your leaks are agent. (laughs) Roy Hibbert, the old center for the Pacers back in the day, did an interview with, I think, Mike Golick Jr. and Mike Golick Sr. And he talked about how he ended up doing a cameo on Parks and Rec, the old NBC show. And basically, long story short, he called his agent and said, I want to be in Parks and Rec. And his agent was like, okay, I'll make it happen. And then he did. Like, that's how the powerful agents, that's how much power and influence they have. They get stuff done. And so you're right. I think that's a really good point by you. If, if they were pumping out both, then you could assume maybe it's the agent. Um, the theory that Grant... Before you move on, story time on Roy Hibbert, because my favorite oh, bad question ever asked in a press conference was to Roy Hibbert when he was in college. Roy Hibbert, Ronnie Thompson, the younger son of the famous John Thompson of Georgetown, coached Ball State for one infamous year where uh, he did all kinds of really bad things and that's why he's never been a coach again. But he got Georgetown to come to town because his brother was the coach and they played and it was during Roy Hibbert's heyday. I was student press at that point and knew enough that unless you had a really good question, keep your mouth shut. Well, one of the younger people uh did not know this and <laughs> he piped up in the post-game press conference roy hibbert i know it's a football show if you don't know him he's like got no emotion ever he he's just somebody that you're not going to see him yell and scream you're not going to see him crying you're not going to see him pretty much any emotion but in college he was like one of the best players during his last few years <laughs> this uh i can't remember if he was a freshman or sophomore i still know him pretty well uh, he asked him, hey, Roy, you looked bored out there. Were you bored? It's like, what? And what did Roy say? It was literally like dead silence from everybody for like three <laughs> seconds as everybody processed, what the hell is this being asked for? <laughs> it sounds like he should be in the 49ers press corps. Uh, yeah. And he, I mean, he pretty much said, uh, no, this is basketball. <laughs> I mean, what I want to do for a living. And everybody just kind of glared at this. Uh, kid who asked the question and uh yeah he didn't i don't think he asked a question the rest of that year i mean it, it was yeah. something that was still brought up years later so <laughs> <That sounds> right. <laughs> literally silenced the whole room for like three solid seconds as everybody was going what the f- does that mean <laughs> so the question that kind of popped up when i was having this discussion with grant was who is lewis riddick talking to And the most obvious dots to connect, and again, not saying that we know this, have any sources on this or anything, but the most obvious dots to connect are Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy because they work together on Monday Night Football for ESPN, and Brian Greasy is now the quarterback coach for the 49ers. Now, again, we don't know this. This is pure speculation. I want to just make that known, but... It's not hard to imagine that they, you know, 
had a relationship during their time with ESPN and that they still keep in touch now. Do you think that's a crazy idea? No, and I think that there there was a little bit in what uh, Riddick said that gives it a little bit of credence. You know, if you just said that and he had just given this opinion about Sam Darnold, I would have said, meh, I mean, who knows? But the fact that he said, from somebody I trust explicitly when it comes to the quarterback position. Like, okay, that's somebody that, that is either a quarterback themselves or coach quarterbacks in some way, whether they're the offensive coordinator or, you know, whatever. Obviously, we don't have an offensive coordinator. So either it's Kyle Shanahan or it's Brian Greasy or it's somehow one of the quarterbacks in that room that's not Sam Darnold, which that would be Purdy or Lance. And why would either one of them say that? They haven't been <laughs> around long enough and they're not going to be saying that about Sam Darnold. So that, that to me makes it, I would say, likely that it is Greasy because – the the way in which he says that I trust implicitly when it comes to the mm -hmm. quarterback play, who are you going to say that about? Like, right. Who has the background for you to say that you can trust them implicitly when it comes to quarterbacks? To me, it makes obvious sense. And, and again, we don't know this for a fact, but it would be the least surprising thing, especially when you consider Brian Greasy had nothing to do with Trey Lance, but Brian, Brian Greasy had a lot to do with Brock Purdy. Right? So what if, Lewis Riddick is talking with Greasy, and Greasy says, hey, we really believe in Sam Darnold. And Lewis Riddick is like, what the hell are you talking about? It's not unrealistic to think Brian Greasy was like, dude, I played quarterback. I've been the quarterback coach for a year. I pounded the table for Brock Purdy, and look how he played. Maybe trust me a little bit on this one. And you know what? Like, If you're Greasy, I could see him saying that. Like I said, it, it makes sense. Will we ever know? Probably not. But that seems to be the most logical, and I don't know how many other good candidates. It's possible Lewis Riddick just said that, and he somehow trusts somebody implicitly who has no connection to ever actually coaching offense or being a quarterback themselves, and it's possible. some like mid-level front office person that he knows really really well and so he trusts them when it comes to the quarterback position and if it ever came out you'd be like why the heck would you <laughs> be so trusting of that person but again this is all speculation we don't right. know i don't know i'm not saying that brian greasy was the source i'm just saying it makes sense to at least connect those dots and it makes sense to wonder about um and i also like how many times are we going to hear about Sam Darnold? Like, don't the Niners have sort of a responsibility to kind of circle the wagons and close ranks? Like, shouldn't Kyle call these people up and be like, hey, stop talking about this. Enough. Enough about the quarterback situation. Maybe Sam Darnold won't be good. And then I got to pick Trey Lance to start. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're dealing with that. Like, I, I kind of think like, hey, tighten it up around the 49ers facility, Kyle. No, <laughs> I disagree with you on that. I, this is something, whether it's true or not, let the media do whatever they want. Because then the problem is, is if you step in, then any time in the future that you don't step in, people are going to go, oh, you know, they're going to read into it because you have a history. If you just never step in, let people run with whatever rumors. And we've heard Kyle Shanahan do that, where, you know, he said that we were going to let people talk about what, you know, and run with a not true narrative because it doesn't hurt us to have 
that out there. So to me, like if you circle the wagons and have him stop, what if he really does like Trey Lance and they're telling the truth? I, I don't think that's as likely as the other other way, but it is possible. And so he wants all the Sam Darnold stuff out there so that when it comes to week, week one, regular season, Trey Lance coming in, it's a little bit more of, you're not really going to be able to surprise him because you're going to know who's starting most likely. But why let teams know this far in advance that, yeah, Trey Lance is the guy? I mean, if you're really, you're really nervous about that in freaking May. It's not that he's nervous. It's just why waste my time fixing something that all it will possibly do is benefit me. It's not worth his uh, time. I don't think it benefits him to let this sort of know. Cause at some point, how does it if hurt you him? Do though? like Trey Lance? If it's not hurting Trey him. Lance, why waste your time? I'm getting to that. If you let me talk, well, hurry up. Would you <laughs> <laughs> at some point, let's say you like Trey Lance and at some point Trey plays and he plays well, you're going to have to re-sign him to another contract. And let's be honest, the 49ers have not exactly supported Trey Lance in his time there so far. And all this stuff goes into the stew when you're talking about contract negotiations. It's entirely realistic for him and his agent to be like, you never showed us any love until 2023 after we balled out for you. Even right after you picked me, my guy wasn't in the state of the franchise. You've never showed me love. You're going to show it now in this contract. I don't care what you say to the media. Show it in the dollars and cents. And so to me, it is a factor. And to me, they should try and reel it in. If a starting quarterback has earned a second contract, teams don't have a negotiating stance. It's how much are you demanding and what language can we go put in? How much guarantees? You know, Daniel Jones got a huge payday. You're not going to have much leverage whatsoever if you're the team. So I wouldn't worry about that. You don't need to have a negotiating tactic like that if you're a quarterback getting a second deal as a starter. Because your tactic is, that guy got 40, that guy got 50, that guy got 50, this guy got 45, I want this. You have leverage if Brock Purdy is still there. Yes and no. Which he will be. The if Brock Purdy is so, if they're wanting to sign Trey Lance, that means he started and he's done extremely well. You're not then going to go, hold on, we got this really young quarterback who's only 25. We're going to let him walk because we're going to go back to Brock Purdy and risk it all again. No. Yeah, unless they, but if they don't think it's a risk with Brock, which is what I've been saying with Sam. No, we're talking two years in the future here, at least, by the way, because they could exercise a fifth year option if. Trey Lance is the guy two years from now. To me, if he's, if we're two years down the road, like you're, you're not changing everything and going back to risking it. If Trey Lance is worth a second contract, that means they've won a lot and he's done really well. You're not going to try to say, ah, we're going to turn back to that guy, which by the way, if Trey Lance is in this scenario to where you want to resign them, they're likely free agents at the same time. Because Brock Purdy can only go four years. Trey Lance has a fifth-year option. I agree with you that they shouldn't do that. But the 49ers have not handled this quarterback situation the way they should have from the beginning. They've never had a true franchise quarterback. I think it's a little different if they actually had a guy that's the franchise. And you know it. We have no way of knowing that. Let's hope we have that problem. (laughs) Well, that's a fair point also. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, there's one quote from the, regardless of whether it's Trey or Darnold, there's one quote from the um, Dwight Clark Legacy Series with Kyle Shanahan that I think told you that he doesn't expect Brock to be ready for week one, even though he also said at that event that Brock will be back at training camp. And it was the quote about the Eagles. Shanahan said, I'm glad we're not playing Philly week one. I want to play them at a better time. I want to make sure our whole team is right. The chances of your whole team being right in week 13 when the Niners play the Eagles are slim to freaking none. You have a much, 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 much better chance of your team being right in week one because you haven't played any games yet. That's when your team is the healthiest. But what I think he kind of said there without saying it is, he means he wants to play them with Brock because he really thinks that they would have beaten them last year in the NFC title game with Brock, and he wants to prove it this year. So to me, that quote told me they don't expect him to be ready to go for week one. Do you read it that way? Uh, there's a third option. I read it as that's possible, and so is this third third option that I've never heard you mention. I know you've kind of zeroed in on this. You talked about it a lot when it first happened. The third option is Kyle Shanahan knows damn well that he doesn't know how to attack all these teams and how his team's going to be, you know, what the perfect scenario is for his team until the middle of the season. We've seen them have, you know, struggle in the beginning and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden mid-season they take off. So it could mean that what he is saying without saying it is that he knows that it takes him a solid chunk of time to have film on the defenses, to know how to attack them in the new year and what changes they've made as well as who's playing well and what's happening with his own team to know how to utilize them to attack those weaknesses. And so he would rather play Philly later in the season when he knows how to attack them than early in the season when he's still trying to figure everything out for his offense. That is a hundred percent possible. Yeah. I'm willing to, <laughs> I'm willing to say you could be a hundred percent right. It, could it be. took me a while to think of that option. Like it, it wasn't something like right when it came, I was under the same thought as you. Oh yeah, he he doesn't know for sure. Pretty will be back. He's he's thinking that it's quite possible he's not. And then days later, as I kept seeing that quote come up, it occurred to me maybe he's just talking about knowing what to do with his team and being able to zero in on this is what we do well this year. It's entirely possible because it does line up with what we've seen from the 49ers in the past two years. Uh, one more Trey Lance note before we move on came out uh, Wednesday evening on the East Coast. Trey Lance is going to throw at George Kittle's tight end university for the second straight year. I believe Josh Allen uh, was reported to be there as well. Not reported. Kittle said on Chicago radio that uh, Josh Allen's going to throw there. 
not a bad thing. Never a bad thing to have, uh, you know, Trey Lance get potentially more reps with George Kittle, especially because he's barely played with George Kittle. I think he only had one game with George, and it was that Texans game. Um, so that's cool. Obviously, Lance is not having any lingering health issues if he feels good enough to throw with George Kittle at the tight end university. So that's good. I really wish we could know these details, but I don't think we ever will. Was Sam Darnold busy? Was this already <laughs> pre-planned? Because I can't imagine, like, he said, oh, you know, back in October, he told Trey Lance, hey, we want you to tight end you next year when he doesn't know if Trey Lance is going to be fully healthy or not. So I feel like getting Trey Lance to be a tight end you was something more recently developed because he knew he was fully healthy, right? It's so possible. was Sam Darnold busy or was it Kittle kind of vote of confidence where he's bringing this, who he thinks might be starting week one in or – is it something else entirely? It it could be Sam Darnold's going to be there, and Kittle just didn't think to mention him at the moment. I think that's pretty or doubtful, but it is possible. Out. It is possible that he just didn't think to mention Sam Darnold. But to me, I, I would love to know, did Sam Darnold already have like a previous engagement where he just couldn't cancel? Or was it the kind of thing where when Trey got hurt, George was like, don't worry, man, you're going to come back. You'll come back strong. Well, you know, you'll come back to tight end university in the summer. We'll be thrown together. Like who knows? We have no idea right. what the circumstances Maybe he gave him that cake that. for his birthday. And Trey Lance said, <laughs> my one wish is that I get to be the quarterback at tight end you. There you go. <laughs> um, I wonder if Cameron Latu will be there. I assume that he will since he was there before he was on the team. So that, that's good. You know, like study up Rook. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on though. There'll be some clips of that tight end university on social media and stuff. Maybe we, you know, does Sam Darnold walk past the camera in the background and George just didn't tell us like, mm -hmm. you never know. Um, but again, I, the more work that Lance gets with these guys, the better. And I keep saying, follow who Brandon Ayuk works out with in the 40 days between OTAs and the start of training camp, because he's going to have an incentive to work with the guy he thinks is going to start because he needs to get paid this year. Yes and no. I mean, it, it's going to be hard. I will say this. I think it goes one of two ways. If he works out with Sam Darnold, but not Trey Lance, that's a really, really bad sign for Trey Lance. If he works out with <laughs> Trey Lance, though, it could just be because they're buddies. You know what I mean? They're, they've been close. He's worked out with Trey Lance in the past. So I would say it, it means something if he works out with Sam Darnold but it doesn't necessarily mean anything if he works out with Trey Lance. I hope he does. Everybody should be freaking well. I'd like to see Trey say to everybody, come work out with me, right? right. Like, don't wait to see who asked you to work out. I would like him to it publicly say, yeah. hey, I'm having anybody's welcome from the 49ers and then see who shows up. That's, then it's, okay, who worked it into their schedule to be there for him? Right. Then it kind of flips it puts the onus on them almost like, cause what will we be saying? Hey, Trey laid it out there and who took the time and made the effort to show up? Mm -hmm. Was it Ayuk? Was it Debo? Was it Danny Gray? It should be Danny Gray. God knows <laughs> he's rested after his one catch last year. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I want to see if we see a difference in Trey personality wise, especially this year. Like we started to well, see it last we year. Will, we will not see that. That will not be a public mental uh, maybe it image will. change. No. He's got nothing to lose this year. Like, you're on your way out, right? The job is slipping through your fingers. Brock Purdy is there. The only reason it's not Brock's job right now is because he got hurt in the Eagles game. 
So this is your last shot, man. Go, wouldn't you like just go balls to the wall? Like, hey, if I don't do it and I don't do it my way, I'm going to lose this thing. And if I'm going to lose it, let me lose it having no doubts, right? Let me leave nothing in the tank. Let me leave no stone unturned. And if I lose it, oh, well, at least I know I did everything I could. That's how he should go into the year. I'm sure he's doing that from a workout standpoint. But I think if he comes in and starts barking out orders and being more assertive, if that's coming from a fake place, players will know. And that does not go over well. Unless he backs it up. It's got to come from an authentic place. If you're just trying to pair it, being more assertive, it does not work. Talking about a bunch of very big egos, very um, male-centric type mentalities. When you're talking about football, pro athletes, you know, they're workout warriors, a lot of testosterone. And if you come in there with a bunch of fake crap, it's not going to go over well. It doesn't have to be fake, but it just could be different from what it was in the past. Different is okay. Like Brock backed it up. Brock was assertive from day one. And oh, by the way, on the field, he was throwing two touchdowns a game, at least every single game of the regular season. So you can do that when you back it up. If you're talking trash and barking around and, you know, yelling out orders and then you're missing guys on open routes, that's when I think it falls flat. Like I said, if he's had an actual change where he is more assertive and he's learned that, great. Then he absolutely should show that. But if he's just trying to have this false bravado and it's not him, it's not a good idea. You got to be yourself. Unless yourself sucks. Like, not to, I'm only quoting this person's act because it's the first thing that popped into my head. This isn't an endorsement of the person. But Bill Cosby has that famous line where he talks, he's talking about somebody who does cocaine and the, and he asked the person, why do you do cocaine? And the person says, it intensifies your personality. And Cosby responds, what if you're an ass? Right? Like, what if your personality does need to change? What if your natural personality is not going to work? Then you do need to change. And I, I feel like Trey has been almost meek in a way because he was super young and because Jimmy Garoppolo was there, the guy that everybody loved. Mm -hmm. So he he couldn't, he was like that freshman reporter that you brought up earlier. It was kind of like, just shut up. Don't ask any questions. You are to be seen and not heard. And he never really got the opportunity to just have it be him. There was always a, a different option, a more beloved option. And even now there still is, except Brock is not healthy. So he's going to have this weird period where there is no other option, even though Sam Darnold, I guess, technically is there. We're going to find out, and uh, I'm ready because I'm sick <laughs> already of this stuff. But, uh, yeah, we, we got a ways to go still. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get to one more thing that happened this week, and that was Warren Sharp talking about, from Sharp Football Analysis, talking about the rest disparities that have occurred in the schedule this year. And the 49ers are one of them. There are a lot of teams with big rest disparities on the 2023 schedule. And one of the things that he pointed out about the 49ers, they play five teams that are coming off more rest than they are in 2023. I think this is a factor. I think this is a a deal. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but I think it is a factor when it comes to readiness, when it comes to injuries and health. I think it does mean something. You are, as you were telling me before the show started, a little less concerned than I am. I don't think all rest disadvantages are equal. I think if you have a six game or a six day week to prepare and another team has seven, and especially if one of those two games on either side of it is a road game for the team with six days, that is a huge disadvantage. But if you have a normal seven day week and the other team is coming off by, you don't think that that's a huge deal. Because some teams are really good coming off buys and some teams lose their mojo on our a dud coming out of that bye week. And the team that's got the seven-day rest, they're in their routine. It's the same thing. It's a normal week for them. So I don't think that that is as big of a deal. And I also think that this the Niners being minus 20, you know, it's skewed a little bit. Because in just one week, they have a six-day rest. And the team they're playing has 14. So that is eight of those 20 just in that single matchup. Yeah, but it still counts. It's still a game that they are going to have to play. Right. But 40% of this disadvantage comes in a single one week disadvantage. It's not spread out. So it's not like every single week they're playing at a disadvantage. Okay. So if you take that game out, they'd be 29th instead of 32nd. That's still terrible. Yes, but it's because they're playing so many teams coming off the bye. It's, what, five games? Four four teams coming off a bye. Four teams coming off a bye. So that's 28 right there. That's tied for the most in the league. Right. The Rams have four. The Niners have four. Nobody else has more than two. Put it this way. That's 28 days. It's actually, I guess it's 29 because we know that, that Seahawks, I think it's this, no, sorry, the, the Bengals game. The Bengals mm-hmm. is the team that has the bye, and the Niners have a short week at only six days. So you have, you have 29 days with those four games. That means the Niners are plus nine in the other 13 weeks. Okay, but all the weeks count. Like, right, but they again, don't all I'm count not... equally. You're talking about having yes, a huge do. disadvantage in four weeks compared to having a slight advantage in 13 others. They only play two games where they have a rest advantage. Every other game is either neutral or negative. And again, I'm not saying like, oh, they're guaranteed to lose or anything like that. But when you when you add to that the fact that they are also traveling the second most miles in the league, only second only to Seattle, and you add to that that this team has a bunch of guys that get hurt a lot, I think it all goes into the stew. Part of the reason those guys get hurt is because they're at rest disadvantages. 
well, or they will be this year. Like that all matters to me. And again, I'm it's it's not like they're gonna lose, and it's but it's just like, damn, this really sucks. I wish this was not the case. I wish they were the Jets, who are at plus twelve, by the way, who play five games with a rest advantage this year. I'm gonna have to look at the schedule because the math doesn't line up there. So I don't know what the discrepancy is. If they have a minus 29 from those four games against teams coming off their bye, you said they're only dis they only have an advantage in two weeks. All the other ones are equal. Negative. No, they're either equal or negative. Right. You see what I'm saying? So they have an advantage in two games. Every other game is either no advantage or the Niners are coming off less rest. They have the bye week. They should have more from the bye week. And they have two Thursday games where they should no, have more on the Jacksonville's coming off a bye the same week. Okay. So that gets that neutralizes the bye week. It can't be only two weeks because how how do you get back to minus twenty if you have minus twenty nine just from those four weeks? So you gotta you gotta come back nine days, right? To get to the minus twenty if I'm making sense to you. Um how do you get back nine if you only have an advantage in two weeks? There's there's no ability to only get nine days. To get nine days from two weeks. It's 26 days, not 29. The Niners play five games with a rest disadvantage, and the total days of rest disadvantage they have in those games is 26 days. That's really weird. So that means there's three weeks where one team's coming off a short week? Like, how do you get to 26 out of four, playing four times with a team coming off by? Because there's also mini buys. Right. If a team plays Thursday the week before. Yeah. I wonder if one of those, the Niners play Thursday and the other team has their bye week. So it skews, it makes the numbers not fall into a normal mathematical because, you know, it's seven days out of the week. You can read the full analysis. I know. I'll have to go look at the schedule and see sharpfootball.com. Um, and again, it's, it's not like a death sentence, but it's something that I wish was not the case. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. I agree with that. I wish it wasn't the case, but I don't think it's a huge factor. I think you're poo-pooing, as the wet blanket tends to do. <laughs> we need like a wet blanket alert sound effect. <laughs> I got this new mixer from Javi Vega. It's got all these like bells and whistles on it. I need yeah. like a wet blanket. I don't even know what it would be, though. So you need it's a wet like... sound, and then you need a squirt sound for Vish. <laughs> I really enjoy the size, and I enjoy the squirting <laughs> that's the thing he said on the show yeah i haven't been able to listen to that episode to get the context of what the heck we're saying but it, it's hard to think of something that that ever was in context with. nope when you see it you're gonna be like oh that makes perfect sense but when he said it like i so just so people know i'm keeping a i have a folder on my computer it's called funny things we said in 2023 and it's just all stuff like that just weird like out of context funny stuff and I'm going to put together a montage at the end of the year of all the funny stuff that we said, just kind of like a fun thing. Cause you forget, you know, we do so many shows you forget. And that is definitely going to be in there. I really enjoy the size and I enjoy the squirting. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And this one from Michelle is pretty good too. You do not want the balls in my hand. No, you do not. Since we're at the end of the show, Levin, I see, has dropped in a couple of photos here. And obviously, this is going to be for the people watching on YouTube. And maybe we can tweet these out as well from our handle on Twitter, at GS Podcast. Tell people what these photos are, because I see two of them down here. You asked last week, you had to see me with long hair, because I mentioned how 
I don't get it. I didn't get haircuts all that often until recently. It'd be like, I get a haircut and then I go six to 12 months without a haircut. And then I get it chopped off and have short hair. And then like, this is medium length hair. You know what I mean? This is, I would get it much shorter than this and then let it grow out. Mm -hmm. So I pulled two photos of long hair. Granted, these are a long time ago. This is like when I was skinny. I don't, I have photos somewhere on Facebook of when I had long hair and I was not skinny, but I don't put them in folders. These are just photos that I found in a photo album after Facebook was invented. So they went into a simple photo album, but it's like one of only two that I ever created on Facebook. So finding the other ones would mean like searching for hours to try to find. So you're going to have to bear with the fact that I'm very young in these. Yes. All right. Let's see them. Oh my lord. This is high school. You look like the guy from South Park. Trey Parker or Matt Stone? I don't know which one has the curly hair from South Park. But that's who you look like. That's exactly you like literally could have a basketball uniform. I feel like that's on Matt right. Stone. There you go. Throw on those circular glasses and there you look yeah. like Matt Stone for anyone that's listening. So this is after a game, after we won sectionals. Then this one is from college. And that's more like, I actually combed it here. So this is how crazy my hair gets. Like, this is me trying to control it. You look like an 80s rocker with that hair. That is a very, it's a lot of hair. It's big. You got volume there. That's all natural. That's literally, I came out of the shower and my hair is like so stubborn. It's going to go where it wants. So I go like this and it falls right into place. Like, I don't even comb my hair now. I just go like this. And it falls right there because it's going to stay where it wants to stay. And like, I have my hair here because I have a cowlick here. Like I cannot part it anywhere else. So my hair just <laughs> kind of falls in place. But then when it's long, it poofs. That's how it's always been said. I did have an Afro in high school, but I don't really have good photo of it somehow. I hate photos. Why is it so much? It's why is it so much darker in this picture than it is now? Gee, I wonder. Is that just you getting old? Yeah. My hair is very uh, salt and pepper. Yeah, but in this picture, it's like black. It's like really, really dark. Yeah, I mean, I had black hair or extremely dark brown hair in summers. You know, it turned like it would turn like a, a just dark brown, and then in summer it would be like, oh, that's black hair. But if you looked at it close enough, it was technically brown, I guess you could say, but you couldn't tell. So this would be at that time period before gray hair started. Now my hair is half gray, half not great no that's what happens when your quarterbacks are brian hoyer and cj bethard and jimmy well, garoppolo that, that's what happens when you have to do a podcast with rob stats guerrero also true don't i know it look my hair is in full retreat it's also super gray especially on the sides when i get a cut you could really see the gray start to come through yeah, you so got I know like the reed it. richards thing going on right yeah i'm starting to become reed richards <laughs> uh without any of the intelligence or superpowers so that i do have a hot wife though so there you go. That's what I've got going for me. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks to everybody for all your reviews and ratings. We appreciate it. Please, please, please keep them coming. Shout out to all the new YouTube channel members we have. We appreciate it. Please sign up for that. For less than $3 a month, you'll get custom emojis. You'll get membership badges. you get priority comment response. We really, really do appreciate the support and we are grateful for it. And we promise to continue earning that as we go. Levin, what are your big plans for this weekend? Oh yeah, you're working. 
Just wanted to throw that in there one more time. Yeah, got some schoolwork to do too. That's fun. Still dealing with an earache that nobody can seem to figure out how to get rid of. So yeah. That's also probably my fault. Uh, sure. <laughs> Saw an ENT today that gave me a diagnosis that has nothing to do with the ear, and I don't necessarily believe them. So we'll see. All right. Any doctors out there, throw out your random suggestions as to what's wrong with Levin's head. <laughs> All ideas are welcome. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>